Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get that out. If you have your Bible apps, open those up and, and find two openings, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew the 13th chapter, and John the 1st chapter, John chapter 1. Matthew 13 and John 1. I have some things to share with you. I believe I can go pretty quick because my wife preached part of my message already. <laughs> but I think she did a better job than I'm going to do anyway. <laughs> well, than I have. I don't want to curse my future. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I have got some things on my heart today that I want to share with you I believe will be right for today and beneficial for this time. Uh, have you ever gone to a movie and you enjoyed that movie and then later, you know, a c- couple years later they came out with another movie of the same name, you know, and it was the next one. Uh, uh, someone yelled out in the first service, Rocky. Well, I think, how many of those were there? There were five, six. Can I get a seven? Anyone? Uh, seven. We got, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, different movies that I've enjoyed over the years. A lot of times if they're really good, it's like, yeah, make another one. You know, keep that thing going and make a, uh, an additional Rocky or, or whatever it is that you, uh, that you li- like to see. Uh, today... Um, the best way I could describe what I have on my heart to share is, uh, is, is a two, all right? It's not Rocky. Uh, it's a two, and it's called Finding Frank Two, all right? Everybody ready for Finding Frank Two? If you weren't with us, for, if you're relatively new to Life Church, you didn't hear Finding Frank One. And, uh, and this message isn't exactly the same, but it'll, it's, it's along those same lines. And so uh, let's get into some things today. Uh, first, I want to remind you of something that Jesus said over in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. All right, we can say and describe the reason for Jesus coming in a number of ways, but this is absolutely certain that He came to seek and save that which was lost. In other words, He didn't want lost people to remain lost. He wanted them to be found. But when I, when I see the language here used that He came to seek and save the lost, that kind of indicates to me that the lost are not just right there. I mean, they're gonna, it's going to take some effort to get them. It's going to take some seeking so they will be found. In other words, if I were to, you know, drop a coin or a ring or something, uh, you know, right next to me and I look down and there it is, well, I pick it up and I, I, I take possession of it again, I didn't really have to seek. I just saw it, right? But if I lost something and I look down and I look around and it's not there and I, I, I don't immediately see it, well, I've got to do some seeking. And whether I'm going to seek or not and take the time, make the effort, kind of depends on how valuable that particular thing is to me. Uh, if it's of great value, I'm going to seek until I find 
I'm going to give every effort. I'm going to pull the stops. I'm going to look under the chair and look in the cushion and look in the car and look in my clothes and look in the wash machine and look in the dryer. I'm going to be turning the place upside down if it's important. Have you ever lost something and you thought, you know, where'd that go? Yeah, where is that? Ah, oh, well, no, no big deal. Well, obviously, if what you lost is not of great importance, of huge value, you might look just a bit and then dismiss it. I'll get another one sometime. But that shows the value of it. If it's of great value, you seek it. You seek it out. You take the time to look um, until you find it. Okay, Matthew chapter 13. Did you find that passage? Matthew 13, verse 44. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid for the joy uh, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This is a picture of our lives and how valuable we are to the Father. In other words, he went to great lengths and gave all that he had so that he could redeem us because we are the treasure in that field. I want you to understand your value to the Lord. And, and then look at the next verse, Matthew 13, 45. Again, so he's saying just another way. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. This is, again, descriptive of you and me. We are that pearl of great price, of great value. God gave his very best. He gave his all, and that is Jesus on the cross. That is his son given as a sacrifice for all. Literally, God gave all that he had when he gave Jesus for our sins. Let there never be a thought that you're unimportant to him. Let there never entertain for a moment the idea that you are somehow disposable or replaceable or insignificant in God's mind. Know that he paid it all. He gave it all for you and for me. If ever we want to be aware of our value to Him, simply look at the price paid. Jesus shed His own blood. He couldn't give a million dollars for you. He couldn't give uh, some kind of natural sum to purchase our redemption. He had to give His very own life. And He spilled His blood on our behalf. So this should reveal and remind to us again and again, we are valuable to Him. Amen. And so if you are saved, know that it's because God sought you out. You were worth it to Him. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. If you're not yet in God's family, you're not yet heaven bound, I want you to know that He's still, he's still seeking you out. He's still calling your name. He, he, he's still dealing with circumstances and situations and people around you. And he's dealing with you personally because he wants you. 
He wants you in his family. He wants to show his kindness and grace to you. There's a reason why some, some of you do things that you do. Like today, a number of you go into nursing homes and minister to those people. Uh, some of you are going into the jails and prisons uh, to speak to individuals there. Uh, some of you are doing on, uh, on Saturdays, take, making the burritos and taking them to the homeless people in our community. Uh, all this stuff is going on. Why? Why, why does someone do that? Why does someone go out of their way? Why does someone take the time, spend their own money? Why do they do this? Because they recognize the value of those people. They say, those, these individuals in whatever state, whatever circumstance, they are important to him. And they're important to me. And so we act accordingly. If you ever want to know how valuable something is, we can just look at our own lives and say, where do I spend my time and my money and my effort? What am I praying about? What am I seeking? What am I going after? And we can identify these are the things that are important to me. And I want to stir you up today and just remind all of us of how important people are to Him. For, is that for our own sake? Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to know how valuable I am to Him. That'll help my relationship. But also, there are people in my life that He loves, that Jesus died for, and He wants them. He's seeking them out. In our world, you know, value systems are often very skewed. People, people kill over very small amounts. You know, drug deal gone bad and someone dies over it. You know, over a little bit of money here. You know, there are situations where, where road rage ends up in severe injury and death. Really? Someone died over the fact that you got cut off? <laughs> you know, and they gave you the wrong half of the peace symbol? Uh, and it ends up in people pulling each other, you know, fighting and doing all kinds, you know, I think maybe we should reevaluate what stirs us, what, what, what moves us, and get back to the value system of the Lord. Praise God. Did you find John chapter 1? John, the first chapter. And this is, this is the basis for finding Frank. All right, if you don't know who Frank is yet, I'll tell you in a little bit. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 35. Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. I like to use that sometimes. What's going on? We heard these testimonies about people being unsure about that church. You know, and they talk about that healing stuff. Well, here's one response to that. Come and see. Make up your own mind, man. Come see for yourself, but certainly don't judge things without knowing. Come check it out. Come see if it's the real deal. Amen. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak followed him and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. 
Notice that language. What did he do with Simon? He found him and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. So Jesus found someone. Verse 44, Now Philip was, uh, was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew, and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so what we have here is a series of events that happened again and again and again where one person was found, and that person, after they were found, immediately went to finding. And the, the sequence really went like this. Andrew found Peter. Peter found Philip. Philip found Nathaniel. And this process has continued over the years from generation to generation till our day. I'm thankful they found the next one. And then after this was done being written, people kept doing it. And this person found another person. They found another person. They found another person. And they, that, that found person found another person. That found person found another person. And eventually it got down to me and I was found. I'm so glad someone didn't break up the, the, the system there. Didn't stop the flow. Didn't interrupt the process of God's design from, for, to get His Word out to many, many people. When I was a child... Uh, my parents were gone somewhere on vacation, uh, something, I don't remember the details, but my grandparents were staying with us, or maybe it was just my grandmother, uh, was staying with us, and I'm one of four kids, uh, and uh, she, she was staying with us for that period of time, and in the middle of it, my grandmother was a, was a believer, is a believer, she's in heaven now, and is a believer, and uh, and she had a relationship with the Lord. And I remember one day, I'm laying on my bed, and my grandmother comes into my room, and, and she sits there and starts talking to me about salvation. I'm a child. And she starts, she starts sharing with me about receiving Jesus, about being born again, about having my sins forgiven. I'm a kid. I was moved greatly. It wasn't that I'd never heard of Jesus at this point. I was to some degree aware and knowledgeable of Jesus dying on the cross, but I wasn't saved. I was just, a, and she shared the gospel with me. And she told me how I can be saved. She told me how I could have a relationship with Him. She didn't walk me through it like we sometimes do, and I've done with many people, but it was just a conversation. And she said, and this is how you do it. And this is how, this is how, what you would do. If, this is how you can pray. And, and, and when you pray, you can receive Jesus in your own life as your Savior, as your Lord. And I was moved by that. And she left my room. And I was there in my room all by myself, physically. You know what I did next? I prayed. And I invited Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior and I was born again. Hallelujah. It was a wonderful day. I never knew I'd stand up and tell the story. I didn't process it. I don't think my grandmother knew 
that I would be called to ministry. I don't think she recognized that when she found me that I would eventually find thousands more. She's rewarded today. Amen. And not that everyone has that same call, but someone led Billy Graham to the Lord. Wow. That's one you want to say, thank you, Lord, I did that. <laughs> sure glad I prayed with that kid. <laughs> huh? But I'm thankful that I was found. She recognized that I had a need of a Savior. I, I, I remember when I was... Uh, doing missions trips years ago with teenagers. And one particular trip, uh, we were getting ready to go on, and so I had an application for the youth to fill out. If you want to go on this trip, fill out this application. And, of course, part of it, or the majority of it, was just about their own spiritual life. And, and I remember looking through the applications at this one day, and one particular young girl uh, had turned one in, and I'm guessing she was 13 to 15 in that range, pretty young. Uh, but one of the questions, of course, was, are you saved? <laughs> you know, have you personally received Jesus as your Savior? And Lord, because we're going on a trip to tell others, you know, it's kind of important. And so you kind of assume all the answers would be a certain way because of the nature of what we're about to do. But on this particular one, she said no. <laughs> she had not received the Lord and had not been saved. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So uh, what I did is I went to her house. And all her family's there and everything. And I said, hey, cool, wanted to chat with you about the missions trip and go over your application. And I see it's here, here it says, you know, you have not been saved yourself. You've not received the Lord. And uh, I said, is that right? She said, yes. I said, well, do you want to? She said, well, yes. Yes. I said, well, good. You know, and we prayed right there. And she was born again. And I thought, that's the easiest I've ever had it. <laughs> do you want to? Yes. And it, within seconds, we're praying and she's saved. She has eternal life. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it was wonderful. Wonderful. But I got to thinking, you know, her parents are there and they went to our church. So it's a, what you would call a Christian home. But I got to thinking, why in the world didn't your parents tell you about Jesus? I'm happy to do it. Glad to do it. Got an illustration out of it for a teaching all these years later. But, but I'm thinking, why didn't you tell your child? And I think, I wonder if some just take for granted. They, hey, we take our kids to church. We do this. We... We believe in the Lord. We have a Christian family. We pray for our food or whatever. Uh, just assume that everyone in the family has received the Lord. They haven't. Ask. Find them. I found her that day. Really, you know, you could say the Lord found her. Yeah, but I was involved. In other words, it's like she was on the edge and someone needed to go boop. It's not, it's not like she didn't want to have, have salvation. She just needs someone to help. You know, you know how many people are, are in that situation? A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I would guess there's probably some folks here that are in that situation. You don't, you don't have a heart that is against the Lord. There are so many people 
before I received the Lord that day, after my grandmother showed me how I wasn't against God. I wasn't intentionally saying, no, I don't want you. I just needed someone to find me. I need someone to just really simple and clear and plain say, this is how it works. If you know my heart, this this is why at the end of our services... Uh, we'll do it here in a few minutes. Why I like to take a few minutes to share the gospel with people who are not saved. And I don't like to rush it too much. I have, I have lots of friends in ministry and, and great men and women of God, and they're doing great things. But some of them, I've heard their altar calls, what we call an altar call or salvation call, and I want to go, <laughs> gag, you're a great teacher. You bring the Word but then they give their altar call. Hey, anyone here want to receive Jesus? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Ah! See, that's too weak. It's too, you know, how, how people can come into churches all over and many times not even get an opportunity. You might be given a nice message, but eternal life is kind of like important. <laughs> you know, if I can, if I help you learn how to relate to ugly employees or, you know, help give advice on finances or marriage or other things, but you don't go to heaven, that's kind of a big deal for me. And so my heart is this. That's why we take some time. And I, I just need someone to be straight with me, like my grandmother was. This is how it works. This is how this works. And so I could say, oh, I can see that. I receive the Lord. I think a whole, whole bunch of people are that way. You might be thinking of the individual that wants to argue. There are those. There are those. And maybe it's a legitimate question they have. I'm okay with that. We think of people who are, you know, bound up in different religions or who are atheistic or something like that, and we think, man, this is hard to find people. Some people are more difficult than others, no doubt, but there's a whole bunch of them that are right on the edge. They're right there on the edge waiting for someone to go, basically say, listen, it works like this. What do you want to do? Would you like to accept him or reject him? And there's a lot of individuals that say, well, I want to accept him. I want him in my life. And it was just that easy. I've walked up to individuals in in stores, and I don't do this all the time, but in a minute I'm having a conversation with them about their spiritual life and eternity. And a minute later we're praying and they're going to heaven. A friend of mine on Facebook just put up the other day. He said, yesterday I I prayed with this guy, put his name out there. I prayed with him to receive Jesus in his life. Today he met him face to face. And I think, powerful. We got to find people. I was found. And found people find people. That's the system that God set up. If you know what you have, we can't keep it to ourselves. We got to get it out there. Amen. If I could just get you to think and just challenge you for a moment, who's here today because you're here? Who's in this house because you are? Who's in the kingdom of God? Who's been saved because of your life? And I know there are different reasons why. Sometimes we don't bother with Frank. Now let me, let me back up and give you, tell you who Frank is. Frank is an acronym for friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, 
and kids. We're talking about the individuals that we run into on a regular basis. Frank. Why do we sometimes ignore Frank? Why don't we bother? Because sometimes Frank is a bother. Because we got our schedule, we got things to do, places to go, people to see, we got things going on. Frank makes us get out of our, our comfort zone. But why don't we bother? Sometimes we don't bother because we're busy. Sometimes we don't bother because we don't really know what to say. Man, I, I care about Frank. I'll pray for Frank, but I don't know really what to. I don't know really what to say to him. And and I want to I want to handle it right. Uh, sometimes it's 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 this. We're not really conscious of eternity. We're just mindful of this life and our plans, and next week, and next month, and that vacation we have coming up, and this, my job, and my kids, and my this, and that, and we're conscious of this life, and we're not conscious of, we're not aware of, we don't carry this awareness of, just like that, we could be in eternity. We need to be aware of eternity. Sometimes we don't bother with Frank because we're afraid of rejection. He's going to say no. Um, I know this happens sometimes with us. If you've been a Christian for very long, what often happens is over a period of time, you, don't, you no longer associate very much with people who are not Christians. If your family is serving the Lord, and then all of your close friends are, are, are believers, that's a good thing in some regards. It's healthy. It's supportive. It's, there's a lot of positives. But what happens is sometimes we no longer have any influence on the world, like someone did on us. And so all of our friends are Christians. I know uh, sometimes people are just introverted. Is anybody here introverted? All right. Do you notice how only a few people would raise their hand? <laughs> when studies show, tell us that most people are? <laughs> you didn't even want to tell us, did you? That's private. I'll keep that to myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but here's what the, uh, sociologists have also said, that the most introverted among us we influence over 10,000 people in our lives. So we say, I'm not that outgoing. I'm not that evangelist. I'm not that fireball. I'm not that. Fine, fine. But it, within your life and sphere and influence throughout your years, you have an opportunity to find a whole bunch of Franks. Everybody okay? And sometimes we just don't think about it. It's not that we have a hard heart or stuff that we don't care about people. We're just busy. We just don't think about it. But that's why I'm talking today. I want us to start thinking about it some more. I believe the Lord wants us to think about it. Because listen, if, if my relationship with God is thriving, if I say, I just love to worship God, I love to hear His Word, I love to be taught, I love, I love the family of God, I love the church, I just love everything that God is doing, but our heart is not for people, then we might not be as close to the heart of God as we think we are. Because that's what His heart beats with. It's all about eternity. We're going to have plenty of time for a whole bunch of stuff forever. We need to carry the heart of God. Have you been found? Find someone who's lost. Let them in on the secret. Who, where is Frank? Do you know where he is? I'll tell you where Frank is. Uh, Frank lives next door to you. Frank works with you. His kids know your kids. Frank works out at your gym. 
He shops where, where, you, where you get your groceries. He serves food at your favorite restaurant. Frank's in your family. And by the way, Frank could be Frankie. You can change all these to the female pronouns if you prefer. That's not the point, right? But he, she, they're all, all around us. And if we will open our eyes and let our heart be moved with what moves God. You know, years ago I, I, I gave a message. I taught a, a, a message on a, on a Sunday about the type of church that I don't want. One of the things I don't want, I don't like in a church, is to have a church that's unresponsive. In other words, people that won't be moved. It's just, mm, we kind of dig in and mm, we listen, but we're not moved by anything. The worship doesn't move us. The Word of God doesn't have an impact on us where we go out changed. Let yourself be moved by what moves the heart of God. What moved Him moved Him, His love for us, resulted in Jesus dying for our sins. Let that same heart move you into real life action. I'm thankful for a good amen and hallelujah, and that's right, pastor, preach that. But I, what I'm more thrilled about is when we are moved to actually do something for a lost and dying world. That's the kind of house I want. It's the kind of church I want to be a part of where God's heart is our heart and He moves us. Amen. Well, one of the things we try to do from time to time is we, we think about how can we help people to fulfill the call of God on their own life? How can I help you to have an outstanding relationship with Him? How can I help you not only to be healed and to receive your prayers answered and, and that kind of stuff, but how can I help you to be action, to be the Lord's hands and feet, so to speak? And so uh, sometimes it's very practical, and some of you, are, you already have these. But a while back, we put together uh, these cool things. Some of you have these, right? Anybody have these? All right. All right. If you're not aware of what this is, this is a little pouch that has a, a sticky thing on the back. You pull that off and you stick it to the back of your phone. Yeah, make you a better Christian. <laughs> and uh, the, the reason for that is not so you would be reminded, if you can see that from where you're sitting, Life Church, uh, but because it contains weapons. <laughs> It contains these invitation cards, these invite cards. And so you can have them wherever you go. People don't often go anywhere these days without their phone. And so you have your phone and you're always ready to go. At the restaurant, on the job, walking, you know, wherever you go, you, you just, uh, you have these invite cards. If that helps you, take advantage of it. All right. In fact, if you already have these, good. Use it. Reload if you need to. If you don't and you want one, make sure you grab one uh, at the Welcome Center on the way out here today. And uh, no charge on that. Just grab one, stick it on there. If, you don't, if you'd rather just have a bunch of these invite cards, 
for your wallet or for your car, then do. That's why we have them printed. Just trying to give us a practical way to do what God wants us to do. Someone found me. I need to go finding. I don't want to break the process with our church. I want to break that cycle with this generation. You know, and, and, and we see uh, that, that Andrew found Peter, and Peter found Philip, and F- Philip found Nathaniel, and, and that process kept going, 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 until 19, or not 19, until 2018, and it stopped because, you know, in the last days, we took pictures of ourselves. <laughs> and all we thought about was, our feed and our story and our pictures of, you know, and we forgot about everyone else, not in this house. We're going to live conscious of others, the price Jesus paid for them and our involvement in the process. And so we're going to find Frank. Amen. I'm going to, I want to share more with you uh, along these lines to help equip and stir your heart and, and to know how and what and when and where and why. Uh, but I believe God wants to use us to reach the lost and dying world around us. Amen. Father, we're so thankful today.